This is episode five of The Love Noteworthy Show. Welcome to The Love Noteworthy Show, the guide to leading your life with passion, purpose, perspective, and prosperity. Each week, we feature entrepreneurs, influencers, game changers, and change makers who provide powerful strategies for creating a remarkable first impression that leaves a lasting impact in your business, career, community, and personal life. So come join us as we transform your mindset and teach you the lessons you want and need to become Love Noteworthy. Hi everyone, I hope you're having an amazing day. It is absolutely gorgeous out today, but to be honest, it's pretty much gorgeous out every day in Los Angeles. As some of you may know, I'm originally from Victoria, British Columbia, Canada, relocated to Vancouver, and I'm currently situated in beautiful Santa Monica in Los Angeles, California, living just a couple blocks from the beach and an amazing gym. Um, And it is so challenging not to want to go to the beach every day and just lay out and read a really great book. So I would love to hear what your current reads are right now. But for me, I'm a little bit of a geek. And so my three books that I have on the go at the moment are Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance, uh, Aristotle's Nicomachean Ethics, and the Tao Te Ching, I believe. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but it is a very short read and I highly recommend all three to everyone, as well as Think and Grow Rich. So totally geeking out, would love to hear what your reads are. But anyways, to get into the show today, I have an amazing guest. Her name is Layla Nagizada, and I'm so grateful to our mutual friend Robin for introducing us. I've been following along with her YouTube channel for quite some time now, and she is going to be talking to us today about how her and her sister built up a multi-million dollar business from nothing using pretty much primarily YouTube video tutorials for hair. And so her and her sister Mimi own a company called Luxie Hair and they just through doing hairstyling videos that were super simple, they were able to build up a followership of 250 million views, almost 2 million subscribers, and like I said, a multi-million dollar business. Now, Layla and I talked quite a bit in this interview, and I've decided to break it up into two separate interviews because she is actually a multi-passionate entrepreneur and owns another company called Luca Living, which is all about life coaching, figuring out how to become your authentic self, And we talk a lot about letting go of negative things that have happened in the past and some strategies that you can take to really release those into the universe. And we end the episode with this amazing meditation that Layla guides us through. You will not want to miss it. However, that's going to be in part two of the series. And part one today is all about Lexi Hairs.
Welcome back, everyone, to the Love Noteworthy Show. I'm your host, Reese, and today I wanted to start off the episode with a quote because I am just so grateful to have our guest that we have on the show here today. So the quote of the day is, acknowledging the good that you already have in your life is the foundation of abundance. And that was said by Eckhart Tolle. And I'm feeling extremely abundant and so grateful to have the amazing energy of our guest on the show today. And our guest is, Layla Nagazada. Hi, Layla. How are you? Hi, Reese. I'm doing great. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for having me on the show. How did I do with your last name? Was it bad? You did great. No, you actually said it perfectly. And um, I give you props for that because a lot of people really have a hard time. So you did great. Awesome. Okay, great. Um, So Layla is uh, the co-founder of Luxy Hair, which we're going to talk a little bit about. But more recently, uh, she is the founder of Luca Living, which is this amazing life coaching company. So we have a lot of really awesome jam-packed content in this episode uh, as she has an extremely interesting background in this really a huge role model for listeners that may feel like the odds are against them in terms of starting their own businesses as she's young she's not necessarily or originally from Canada and has overcome a lot of obstacles in order to get to um, the level of success that she is at today so Layla why don't you tell us a little bit about your story growing up I know you're originally from Azerbaijan Um, so how did you transition over to Canada what was your experience like coming to a new country tell us a little bit about that yeah absolutely so um, we like you mentioned Mimi and I were born in Azerbaijan and if um, for those listeners that don't know Azerbaijan used to be part of the USSR, former Soviet Union, and um, so I was born pretty much in a country that doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> uh, um, and and um, I lived there for 18 years of my life, and um, we started to sort of consider moving to um, North America um, probably when I was about 15, and uh, started the immigration process, and that was, um, you know, very... Um, stressful, and we didn't really know if we were going to get through or not because there's really no guarantees. And and then um, when I was 18, everything worked out, and um, my parents and my sister, maybe we kind of um, took off and moved to Canada. And it was a dream come true for Mimi and I because we always, for some reason, had this affinity for North American lifestyle, I suppose, because of just the abundance of possibilities that are out there. Um, and so we just plunged right in into the North American lifestyle of going to school and working and and really sort of dreaming big along the way and and uh, you know doing our best to to move through the challenges of being an immigrant in a new country, um, not knowing you know anyone, really not having any family. We were really blessed to have um, a family that moved from Azerbaijan. Couple of years prior to us, as sort of our, um, they became like family to us, and and it was really really helpful to have them there for support and just just to have their company and their companionship. And we're friends to this day, and it's been 12 years now. Actually, we just celebrated our 12 year anniversary of moving. So Amazing. that's like a short summary. Yeah, yeah. So it, Canada is definitely home now, but um, but it was it was an interesting and a fun crazy ride. That's for sure. <laughs> That's so funny. So um, what was your, let's talk about Luxie Hair. Like what was your aha moment for starting the business? How did you and Mimi 
even come across this as like an industry where you're like, okay, this is a, a need that we need to fill or a gap that we need to fill in the market. Um, let's make this happen. Yeah, that's a very interesting um, story as well, because at the time we were all um, finished with school and all trying to do, and when I say all, I mean um, Mimi, my, my sister Mimi, her husband Alex and myself, uh, we're all trying to do our own thing. I was starting um, home staging into a design company. Mimi was already doing uh, image consulting, and Alice, Alice was kind of an, an old trades, a jack of all trades type of person. He was doing website building and and some like social media stuff and marketing. So um, he worked for a company, and kind of it was a startup. So he got to learn the ins and outs of starting a business, and so he had that as kind of very fresh in the back of his mind. And um, they were getting married at the time, this was back in 2010. And Mimi was looking for hair extensions and couldn't really find anything that was, you know, really great quality and still affordable because, mm-hmm. you know, some of the extensions that you can find at like, you know, kiosks at the mall are really, really bad quality. They're not even real human hair and, and they're very expensive, like 80 to to $100, if not more. Um, and the decent quality ones are like upwards of $500. And that's just not really affordable for the average girl. So she was getting frustrated. And, and then Alex was the mastermind really behind the idea. Um, we were, there was a girl at the time that had, um, was doing hair tutorials and she's from UK and she had, um, she had her own company and, um, but her clientele was very different. She's, you know, blonde and kind of a different um, market altogether. And we were watching kind of um, try to imitate her because it was so funny at the time, really the YouTube gurus weren't as big as they are today. And so we were watching that and Alex was sitting in the background just sort of observing us. And then he just comes up with the idea and he's like, hey, listen, I have this awesome idea. Why don't we start our own brand and you girls can be the face. You can do the tutorials and just kind of be out there um, connect with people and I'll do the back end. I'll do the business side and, you know, financials and all of that that goes along with it. And at first, you know, I just kind of laughed at it. it was just, I didn't think anything of it. And then about a week later, Mimi calls me and she's like, so, you know, we've been talking with Alex and we really are going to start this business and we want you to be a part of it. And that kind of, that's kind of how it started. And uh, we had no idea what we were doing. We had no experience prior. Um, and we just, kind of took it one day at a time. We knew the vision. We knew what we wanted to create, and that was a great foundation. And then the rest, we just sort of learned as we went along. That's amazing. So what were some of the first steps that you took to start the business? Like, how did you go about being like, okay, we need a better quality hair product or hair extension product for like this price point? Like, where did you source this from? Um, Like, did you have any background prior to that in marketing or was Alex really the mastermind behind doing kind of like the marketing side Yeah, no, exactly. Well, we, we really didn't have any experience. Again, we, we really just had a vision. We knew exactly the type of product we wanted and the type of quality from, because we did our research before and we knew exactly the length, the thickness, you know, the, the type of clips we wanted on the extensions and just the, down to the very details. So we, we came up with that kind of uh checklist of exactly the type of product we wanted to be able to put out there. And then um, Alex started to contact different manufacturers, China. Um, There's a website called Alibaba.com where you can contact different manufacturers. And that's kind of how it started. And then we started ordering samples from different 
uh, manufacturers. There's a lot that we went through, and we just weren't going to give up until we found ones that were really up to our standard. And uh, we got really um, blessed and lucky to fa- to have found um, a manufacturer that we're actually still to this day um, sourcing from. And um, yeah, we just we just weren't going to give up. We knew what we wanted. We knew that you know, unless we were happy with the quality, we were not going to be putting out anything out there that we ourselves wouldn't you know spend our money on and put our name behind. Yeah, yeah, that's so key. Um, yeah. So, what was the timeline in between, like? originally being committing to this idea and then actually launching the business and then tell us a little bit about like the launch day for your business. Yeah, it, it was pretty fast actually. I think the idea itself was born probably in about March or April of 2010. Then they got married at the end of May and we were already um, doing kind of starting to do the videos and the tutorials and just so that we had a bit of a uh, an introduction, you know, just because we didn't want to start and just start selling. We wanted to have actual, bring actual value through the tutorials to our viewers. So we started the um, the channel, I think, maybe May or June. I can't remember exactly. Uh, probably May, actually, yeah, because I remember doing the videos before we went on their wedding. Um, and then we launched the company in July. So probably, what, like four, four or five months Um in total, and uh, it was, I think, around Mimi's birthday, which is July 25th, that we launched. And I can't tell you, the first, the first call was actually a friend, and we received the packages um, as like, the first sort of a test run. And um, I went over to Mimi and Alex's condo at the time, and, and the girl was coming by, and she was our first customer. And it was the most surreal feeling because you know, to create something from your mind and to see this actual product in your hand and then have your first customer there and I put the extensions on for her and it was kind of like a before and after. And it really is such a transformation. You feel like a mermaid. I don't know what happens, but something happens psychologically. You have long hair. You just feel so pretty and sexy and feminine. And um, yeah, so I I really always remember that day and cherish those memories because that was... um, that was really fun. It was the first customer and, and seeing the extensions there in front of us was really fun. That's amazing. So um, on the Love Noteworthy show, we talk a lot about the importance of first impressions, both online and offline. And so what were some of the steps that you and Mimi took to make sure that the brand was really a true representation of like your vision for the company? So how did you align like the videos that you were producing with having like the hair products and then actually creating it into like a sales funnel? Yeah, um, again, we had no real, real experience with that. We just were using our intuit, intuitive guide as, um, as as a guide, I guess, to to get us started. So we, we really wanted to make sure that we were, um, again, bringing value and quality to the viewers and not selling. You know, for some reason, we just, again, it wasn't really something that we learned prior to starting the business. We just wanted to create the product, put it out there and have it as a very, like in the background, you know, like we we just really didn't want to be pushy and salesy. It's just, it goes against everything that we believe in. So we would create the, the tutorials, we'd use the product and we'd just have the um, link to the website in the description box. And that was kind of how we got started um, in terms of a very indirect way of, um, of marketing. And then also to get um, 
more exposure, we started to contact uh, the beauty gurus and asking them if they wanted to try out the products and review them, possibly use them in, you know, their videos and tutorials. So that's, YouTube was really the way that we marketed. We had, we really didn't use any um, traditional form of advertising or marketing. It was just YouTube. And then afterwards, once the word got out there and, and girls started using it, I think it also grew from word of mouth because you know as girls when you see something on your friend or you know you cool with someone and you and it looks great you're like okay where'd you get it i won't you know and so that's kind of how it started and yeah we just really in terms of mm, aligning our vision we we always wanted to make sure that quality was the most important thing and then high quality customer service not in a very uh, we're very against the whole corporate and old school model so we approach our customers and our viewers really as friends that we, we want everyone to feel, you know, whether they're shopping on the website or on, you know, social media connecting with us as if you, you know, as if they came into a physical store and we talk to them, you know, hi, beautiful and XOXO. And so it's very, it's very easygoing and, and making them feel beautiful and, and important and valuable because truly, um, you know, if it wasn't for our viewers and our customers, there really wouldn't be any company. So, um, they always come first. Quality and customer service was um, top priorities for sure. That's amazing. Um, so let's talk a little bit more about <laughs> your the audience for Lexi Hair. So, I mean, they you have almost two million YouTube subscribers, like two hundred and fifty million video views for the tutorials, and then on Facebook, there's like I don't know, like two hundred and twenty five thousand followers and tens of thousands on Twitter. So the long story short is that you've built like a crazy online following in a pretty short time period, I would say. So take us back to the beginning. Like, was it more challenging to get the first thousand likes or like what were your strategies for just getting past into the like quadruple digits and then beyond that? Exactly. You, you said it, you know, the first thousand or 5,000 is the hardest and Oh my gosh, the, I remember, you know, when we literally just started, I had like 100 maybe subscribers or something. And you really, at that point, you are counting every subscriber, you're getting excited at yeah. every <laughs> notification that you get. And it, and it is, it's so much fun. You know, I remember those days and, and you really appreciate every viewer and, and it doesn't diminish even to this day, you know, we really, really value um, uh, our viewers and a lot of them have been with us from the very beginning and sort of witnessed the growth. So yeah, the first thousand is always the hardest, but again, from the beginning, we, we were one of the first few that introduced DSLR because again, when we started back in 2010, most people were using their webcams from, you know, their computers to film and doing it in, you know, like their messy rooms in the background and really bad lighting. And, I don't remember how we even came up with the idea, but we started to use the DSLRs and, and use natural light as um, a source for lighting in front of a in front of a, a window. Really, the first way we started doing it, and to this day, that's the best lighting. We've tried to um, experiment with like studio lights and things, and nothing beats natural light. Just it just doesn't create the same kind of quality. So um, yeah, that was. Um, that was how we started. And I remember doing a giveaway, I think, for either the first thousand or the five thousand, and it was so exciting. And then we just focused. We never focused on the numbers. We focused on, you know, really bringing value through our tutorials. And 
being genuine. It's the hardest thing to master, but to be yourself in front of a camera is um, not an easy task, you know. But um, you just consciously try to do your best and um, bring value and be yourself and try to think of the person on the other end of the camera as a friend, you know, like someone that you would just chit chat with and just be very down to earth. And um, yeah, that was, I guess, I don't even want to call it a strategy. We just kind of followed our intuition with how we wanted to set things up. Hmm, Interesting. Let's talk a little bit more about videos. So you and Mimi are obviously very polished on camera and look beautiful. Was this always the case? Like what was your experience when you first started filming yourselves versus more recently? Oh my gosh. Thank you for the compliments. I definitely don't feel that way. Um, especially, you know, hearing your own voice is, is the most weirdest feeling yeah. ever. But, um, no, to be honest with you, it doesn't really get easier. Like every time I, I, I'm on camera, you kind of have to hype yourself up because I'm more of an introvert. So it doesn't come naturally. I'm not going to lie. It's not something that I, you know, don't think about. I do get a lot of compliments on just like, oh, from friends that say, you know, I watch your videos and it's like I'm talking to you, you know, in person. And, and that truly is the best compliment to me because I know that I'm being myself, which is the goal, the ultimate goal. Um, yeah, so I think with practice, it 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 became, I'm not going to say easier, but it became more of a kind of a natural progression of, of, of knowing what to expect but you know some days you just don't want to be on camera and um, you kind of have to get over that and you know the interesting thing is how we all feel each other's energy the days that I wasn't 100% there I was still smiling I was still doing pretty much the same thing but somehow viewers would pick up on the energy that you're putting out there and they would and they would comment on that and it, it was very very interesting to me because I I couldn't see it. I, you know, I'm like, I'm still doing the same sort of a format, but somehow they pick up on it. So it's very important to connect to yourself before you go on camera and just really kind of, you know, take the pressure off yourself because it's not about being perfect. It's, and that's the it was the hardest lesson for me to learn. You just have to be yourself. It's okay to screw mm-hmm. up and, and, you know, to, to just be more easy going versus super professional and kind of like this perfect Barbie doll, you know? Yeah. So, Yeah. Yeah, that that was kind of uh, the progression. First, trying to be perfect, and then realizing that you don't have to be. You just have to be yourself, and people connect to that more because you're genuine. Then they feel like they're they're just you know talking to a friend versus looking at some you know like a newscaster. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So, for people that do want to create um, videos for YouTube. Can you give us a rundown of how long it takes for you to kind of create a video concept and then script it or improv it and then film it and edit it and then actually post it and do the descriptions and stuff? Because the videos are only like five to 10 minutes long, but I think a lot of people don't realize how much work goes into making like oh, yeah. a five minute video. Yeah. Um, in terms of the length of, it, of the video, I would definitely suggest for anybody wanting to start to keep it as short as possible. When we started, again, we didn't know, you know, we learned along the way, especially nowadays, people just have such short attention spans and there's so much information out there that the shorter the video, like three to five minutes max, if you go over that, you'll even notice that like, you know, YouTube allows you to track, you know, how long people stay on your video and things like that. And you'll see that people exit out after like three to five minutes. So 
don't spend more don't spend more time than you need to um, because you'll you'll be pretty much wasting it if people are not watching anyways. Um, and um, in terms of sorry, what was the question again about the the the, the quality? No, just how much time does it typically take oh, for time, you to actually right. make it? Yeah, so, yes, um, yeah. The time, the preparation, I would say, takes the longest. You know, because you have to, you know, shower and blow dry your hair and style and and do your research beforehand as far as what type of um, tutorials can be hairstyles, and um, and then the actual filming doesn't wouldn't take as long. It's the it's the preparation and then the post production so the editing that would take the longest um and then now uh, Mimi and Alex have a videographer that they do sort of like um a mini introduction to before the tutorial actually starts so you kind of showcase the hairstyle whether it's outside somewhere in school or you know somewhere so that those things take the longest and then finding proper music also it's probably the hardest part of the whole editing process, but yeah, it does. It can take it can take the whole day really just to produce one video, if not longer, with editing and finding the right type of music. So it's a lot of work. Yeah, it's a full time job. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's crazy, um, but it's also very rewarding at the same time. Once you put it out there and you know that people are enjoying it, and then they recreate the hairstyles and they you know hashtag it on yeah, social yeah. media, it's, it's awesome to see their recreation. It's yeah, really I bet that's like really cool to see that engagement and be like, wow, they just watched my video and spent like an hour or two hours like doing this hairdo. Absolutely. Yeah, that was that was really fun. Um, so you and Mimi like continually were producing new videos and tutorials online. Where did you guys find your inspirations and how did you like how does Mimi continue to create new and relevant content for the business? Um, I think that inspiration for us came from, a lot of it came from um, what's relevant now. So whatever the celebrities were wearing um, on red carpets or award shows or or just like in their everyday life from magazines, um, Pinterest, uh, um, us just observing people on the streets sometimes, uh, you know, just kind of knowing what's trendy, like braids were so huge when we started, you know, the fishtail braids and all those types of braids. Yeah, so. Yeah. Yeah, you just kind of have your eyes open in terms of what's out there and what's popular and trendy. But our focus has always been on simple, you know, so like just the simplest, the better, because there's so many other hairstyles that, that the, the goal was that I can do it on myself. Because some things you need someone to help you and, and most girls just don't have someone there to help them in the morning when they're getting ready for yeah, school. So, so the point, the, the uh, goal was for it to be really simple, easy, cute, um, and that you could do it on yourself really fast. So those were kind of the criteria when we were searching for new ideas and inspiration for that, for new hairstyles. That's awesome. That's so smart too, because I think people like as nice as certain hairstyles can be, they don't, they're not really willing to spend like an hour, two hours, like styling their hair. Yeah, exactly. It's it's not realistic. It's just not realistic. And we want it to be um, practical versus like, it looks pretty. Yes. But can you actually do it on yourself, you know, and in in a shorter amount of time? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, Do you have any tips for people on how they can make good looking YouTube videos without much experience or equipment? I think you'd said like natural lighting obviously is one of the big things. Yes, definitely. Yeah. So for sure, I would say that find a good window somewhere or even if you can do it outside, you know, if you live in a climate that's conducive to that, that'd be great. If not, then a window works really well. 
Um, and you don't even, I, I mean, if you can afford DSLR camera, that's great, but focus on lenses, actually. That's um, what really creates that um, quality is the, the lenses, not the body of the camera itself, but the lenses, because it creates, you can put the focus on um, the subject and then sort of blur out the background, so that gives you that professional look. Um, but you don't need, even need to do that if you don't want or don't have the budget for it. You can get those um, uh, Canon, the small ones, you know, the point-and-shoots, they actually film really great quality um, HD videos nowadays. Yeah, I think it's the uh, Canon ELF. I can't remember the uh, the number. There's like 540 or 840, I, I can't remember. But yeah, those those guys are great, and you can... Um, you can shoot, I think, 1080p or whatever it is, the, the HD quality with them as well. So really, you just need a little tripod, um, window for natural light, and the most important thing, just bring value through whatever whatever it is that you're putting out there. And make sure that, I think another component is do something that you're truly passionate about. If you are passionate, that passion will come through, people are going to feel it, and, you know, look at, um, I don't know, other YouTubers that that don't do necessarily tutorials, but just talk about stuff, you know, as long as you're being yourself and you're passionate about whatever it is that you're talking about, people are going to connect to that. So um, those are definitely key points um, to keep in mind when you're starting out. That's great advice. Okay, so I think we're going to change the subject a little bit and talk about some of your more recent things. But before we do, I know that we have something in common and I wanted to talk to you about your experience because I'm kind of living it right now. But um, both of us have had dreams of moving down to Los Angeles and um, Mm -hmm. both of us have moved there in the past. Like I know you lived there for about seven or eight months just over the past year. Um, And both moved down by ourselves. Tell me about your thought process did the experience teach you and also what area did you live in <laughs> yeah sure um yes la has always been this like kind of a huge fantasy dream of mine that i always knew that you know what i have to experience living there it was just something that i needed to do in my lifetime um and i think it was 2012 or 13 13 i think i um, decided to move there for a month because I visited before, but it's, it's really not the same thing visiting yeah, yeah. versus living. So I was like, you know, what? before I actually make a move, I'm going to go for a month and see how I feel living there. And I stayed, I didn't even know LA at all, any areas, nothing. And I went on um, homeaway.com, which is kind of like Airbnb that allows you to find um, apartments or homes for short period, uh, short term rent. And so I intuitively picked West Hollywood, which turned out to be the best area. Um, and I had, I really had no idea. I was just like, for some reason, felt like it was the right place. And I loved it. I, I just was like, oh, my God, I feel like I sit in the water. There was just something in the energy there. I couldn't even put it into words. Really? It's how I felt. I felt. I felt at home. I felt so comfortable. Um, I really don't know. I mean, for sure, the sunshine and the palm trees helped. But um, there was something in the energy. I think it's just the energy of the place. Um, I don't know, maybe it's the the indigenous cultures that were there, you know, in thousands of years ago. I really don't know, but something in the energy was just making me feel very comfortable and at home. And so when I came back, um, I really was, I couldn't get LA out of my head. And I, I just, I just knew that I needed to, to make a move and to go. And so, but I wasn't sure if I, when I wanted to do it, I wanted to have, um, 
more of a, like a stable thing. And I had all these excuses in my mind, you know, and yeah. really what they were was fear, you know, because of scary, the unknown, the fear of the unknown and doing it by yourself was, um, was something that was really challenging to overcome. But um, I met some great people that um, were very inspirational and motivational. And in the process, I, I traveled back and forth in the summer four times, I think, um, for different for work and, and different workshops and things. And then I was back at the end of August last year, and I realized that I just, I, I had just moved out here in Toronto out of my parents' home into my own place. And I bought all the stuff and I got home really pretty and great. And then I was like, it's fantastic, but I'm in the wrong place. I'm in the wrong location. If I could just pick up this house and move it over there, I would be just so happy. So I started looking into how to get it all started and um, and then moved down. I, I sent all my furniture, everything, packed everything up, I took cats, and, and I went down. And I stayed in uh, uh, in the valley for about five months, and then I moved down to West Hollywood for, for the remainder of the time that I was there. And it's, you know what? It was something that I needed to do to prove to myself that I could do it, and I and um, to give myself that boost that you know anything is truly possible if you first of all have the courage to dream big and then take action. You know, I had no idea; I really had no help. But every day you wake up and you show up for your fifty percent, and the universe sort of takes care of the rest. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I kind of have a similar experience. That's so funny mm-hmm. because I had never really been to Los Angeles before. And then I came down for a conference with one of my girlfriends in like February of this year. And it was totally serendipitous. She just was like, you should totally come to this conference with me. And I was like, you know what? Okay, let's do it. Came down, like fell in love with exactly what you said. Like the energy of the city was just like blown away and was like, okay, I feel like I need to move down here. And now's a good time. Like, how do I make this happen? And um, I've just been living. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say how you said, like, how do I make it happen? Like, it's so important to ask the right questions because sometimes we can just get stuck in the overwhelming sense of like, yes, I want to do this, but I don't know how. So you start by asking yourself simple questions. How do I get started? And then, you you know, you come up with the list of things of, of steps to take and you just start tackling those steps one at a time. Yeah, it was definitely crazy and scary all at once um but Mm -hmm. it's been such a great experience I'm like living over in Santa Monica and I haven't actually been to the valley um and I've only been to West Hollywood a few times but in Santa Monica it feels like it's like a mini town like it's just like a beachside village like I love it so much oh yeah Santa Monica is wonderful that was another area that I was considering by the the ocean yeah it's really, really cool yeah, it's the only challenge is that it's hard to stay motivated to want to work when you can walk to the beach so easily exactly. and just like hang out. Yeah. The uh, ocean is calling. <laughs> I know, exactly. I definitely have some sort of like energy with the ocean and just always needing mm-hmm. to be near it. But for you moving to LA, like it must have been a good time for you because you moved like in the fallish winter, right? And that's when it Yeah, it really was uh, October 15th. Toronto. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh my gosh, yes. It was the craziest winter last year. I was talking to my parents yeah. um, on FaceTime every day and they would show me the, the crazy storms they had and I was just so grateful, <laughs> extra grateful to not have to um, experience that. But um, you know what? It actually, at the same time, as much as I love the sunshine still, I kind of remember missing the change of season, which I was so not expecting to 
to have myself feel that way because I always used to say, no, I'm never going to miss, you know, the cold and, and the whatever. But, but yeah, it is. It's nice to experience um, season changes. Yeah, I, that's kind of what I've been feeling. Like I've only been down here a few months now and um, I'm just like originally from Victoria, but I've been living in Vancouver for the last couple of years before I came down here. And I was just mm-hmm. like, man, fall is my favorite season. Like, and I've decided yeah. to actually go back to Vancouver because I love like the changing leaves and just, I don't know, there's something mm-hmm. about it that's very like therapeutic or I don't meditative or I don't even know how to explain it, but just that like change and um, I don't know. I, I have no it other way to explain it. It's really magical. No, I, I agree with you. It's the, the change of the, the colors changing and everything. It's, it's almost like watching an art piece just in front of you transition into different stages. So I know exactly what you mean. I love that, Layla. And I mean, change is such an important part of life. And on that note, we are going to change it up and end this episode here. Layla's second part of the episode is going to be featured in the coming weeks, where she talks all about her new company called Luca Living, which stands for Love, Unity, Compassion, and Awakening. And we even have an opportunity to go through a guided meditation with Layla. But before we end this episode, my challenge for listeners today is tell us your number one tip to really optimize your YouTube channel. What's worked, what hasn't worked, and what other additional information would you like to know on how you can build your audience to millions? All right. Thank you so much for listening to the Love Noteworthy show and have a fantastic week. 